Blog Talk Radio. fantasy, no careless product of wild imagination. No, my good friends, these indictments I've brought you today, specific charges listed herein against the individuals, their acts of treason, their ultimate aim of sedition. These are matters of undeniable fact. I ask you now to pronounce judgment on those accused. On this, this mindless aberration, whose only means of expression are wanton violence and destruction. Once trusted by this council, charged with maintaining the defense of the planet itself, chief architect of this intended revolution and author of this insidious plot to establish a new order amongst us, with himself as absolute ruler. You have heard the evidence. The decision of the council will now be heard. Guilty. Guilty. After 1989, President Bush kept said, and it was a phrase that I often used myself, that we needed a new world order. A new world order. A new world, a new world, a new world order.
the way we're going to win over the long term is not just militarily. We've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of uh, uh, world order, uh, world order, uh, world order, uh, world order that I think all of us would like. of the good presidency will be the emergence of a new international order. Within the next four years, we will see the emergence of a new international the beginning, order. The beginning of a new international order. In this new world, will have a profound impact. The forces shaping this world at this moment are so strong, and they all tend in one direction. World government is the structure necessary for global justice. here and uh we'll go uh, a little something here on that here we'll, we'll try to play a small short clip on this here we'll go ahead and play this real quick hopefully everybody can hear it fine we'll see what happens here all right oh no maybe not let's see all right here we go thank you you know i'd like to be able to report that we're just in a crisis or there's a crisis coming but that's not the case there's no longer a gathering storm the storm is here what you have now is you have two converging crises, a crisis of capital markets and economics and a crisis of geopolitical and military. Look what happened since Trump left office. Ayatollah is going to Beijing, having a military ceremony, going to bring Xi to, to Tehran. You've got the merger of the KGB and the CCP. You've got Erdogan. You have our great allies in Saudi Arabia transferring oil to Chinese currency away from the U.S. dollar. You have a convergence on the Eurasian landmass. And what are we doing? We're turning over our foreign policy to Zelensky to let him determine whether he's going to go take Crimea or not. The convergence of these two crises is going to lead us into a third world war. A third world war that are not only going to wipe you out economically and financially in this country, more important, your sons and daughters are going to die on foreign battlefields. Are you prepared for that? Do you support that? Because if you don't stand up and fight it, it's going to happen. And they will have to fight. And they will be dying. 
Governor DeSantis, Mike Pompeo, Tim Scott, you, you have Nikki Haley. That's all fine. It's not relevant. We don't have time for on-the-job training for a man that gave us four years, four years of peace and prosperity. Note to Fox senior management. When Donald J. Trump talked, this is newsworthy. We need unity. We need unity. Don't look for We're not looking for unity. We're looking for victory. We're not looking for compromise. We're looking to save country. Here's where he's going to be, brother. You've disrespected Donald J. Trump long enough. Donald J. Trump is not simply a leader of a political party. He is a leader of the most powerful political movement in American history. He's not up against DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Mike Pompeo. He's up against Ken Griffin and Mitch McConnell and Murdoch. If he wins the primary, they're going to work for the Democrats just like they worked for Hillary Clinton. I was there. I can tell you they were in Clinton's camp the entire way. All they are is about money. And the only people can stop them on the face of the earth are you, you, and you. MAGA, 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 Remember, Murdoch... You deem Trump's not going to be president, well, we deem that you're not going to have a network, network, network. If your task and purpose is to take your country back, this country will be saved. All right, everybody. There you go, huh? There you go. Words of, uh, I just don't know how else we can uh, put it in any other way here to wake peeps. Wake up! Wake up out there. I don't know. Let me adjust my camera here. I think we get back to, back over here. All right. Now we can uh, – we're, we're doing a YouTube here, simulcasting here. I'm trying to anyway. All right. Got to get the microphone set up. I don't know. My camera's a little blurry there. I don't know why. So I don't know what's going on with that. We'll have to edit that out later. But I'm not going to mess with it too much. If you guys like to tune into the show, 657-383-0616. That's the, uh, the uh, podcast show. Um, well, like I said, as time goes on, we're going to try to get the YouTube channel going and uh, try to get the video thing going at the same time, you know, uh, get the studio going here somehow, trying to mess with it a little bit. Because, you know, podcasting is great and uh, that's good, but a lot of people like to see the visual. And a lot of times I'll play stuff like I just did right there, and a lot of people want to see the video too. So, and you can't when you're really on the podcast, and I have to think about a lot of that whenever I put stuff together to play on the podcast, because a lot of times they they uh, they can't uh, see what what uh, I see. So, uh, but uh, uh, I figured I'd do another show here tonight, uh, Sunday evening, uh, uh, talk about a few things, the issues that are going on right now with uh, a lot of uh, uh, with this with the bank collapse here, with this bank collapse there. Uh, can this spark us into a uh, another uh, forced banker bailout? Uh, this bank this bank collapse here is very serious. People don't understand uh, how serious what the Federal Reserve is trying to do, and how they're trying to destroy our, and undermine our, our sovereignty and our our dollar and our money. I mean, they already own our dollars, they own our paper money, they own our currency, but Congress still has the power to strip the Federal Reserve of that power. But none of them, uh, except for Ron Paul. Had the well, and a couple few select others really did ever have the, the 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 balls to stand up to the Federal Reserve system, because when there were people presidents in the past that stood up to him, like John F. Kennedy, uh, we know what happened to him. 
okay? Uh, let's see. Um, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln was going to eventually, that's why he issued the greenbacks, uh, was going to, uh, he was stand up to the bankers also. We know what happened to him. Andrew Jackson, they tried to kill him. If you remember correctly, uh, uh, the Andrew Jackson, the, the, the pistols actually jammed. Uh, and he campaigned no bank. And uh, the the powers to be have been – this has been a battle going on for ever, I guess you could say, because you can go back to Christ's time. Excuse me. When you uh, when he whipped the money changers out of the temple, if you remember correctly, it was the only time he ever used force in his ministry. Whipped them out of the temple. Imagine that in that day. Imagine that. You know, uh, imagine watching that. What what had happened that day when they said they say? I mean, it's, it's hard to describe. I guess the way to describe it biblically, but uh, the accounts that were archived was that it's, that uh, that Christ was he was God. He, the power of God. You see the anger and and, uh, and for for Jews and money changers and bankers to leave all their money and their deposits and all everything they own and flee the heck out of that temple. They must have saw something pretty freaking crazy. Something that really scared the hell out of them for for them because imagine if you walked into a Wall Street today and just started yelling, "Get out of here! Get out of my father's house! You're all a bunch of vipers!" Imagine if you did that, you'd be tackled and arrested. Okay, and it was no different back in Jesus' time. He walked into the temple, the bank at the time where they were trading, and then at a place of worship, and uh, look what happened. So. Guys, uh, uh, this pollen is killing me here in North Carolina because it's out here. The trees are starting to bloom and everything. It's just driving me crazy. I can't breathe. It's getting worse every year. Really, it is. I just can't breathe. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, and I don't know how to stop it. I mean, it, to, to my body. I mean, I, I'm, I just don't know what to do. I mean, it's just terrible. I don't, I don't know how it is in other places. I know other places the trees haven't begun to bloom yet, but down here in North Carolina, they are. And, uh, it's real bad. I did some trim some crepe myrtles up the other day, uh, and uh, got a tick stuck on me. A tick. Background noise here. Okay. All right. Six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press number one. I didn't invite anybody to come on. I know Tuesday we're probably going to be talking about the remonstrance stuff again. Uh, Tuesday. I got some emails concerning that. Uh, putting together some stuff. I guess some people are starting to click together here and going to start moving forward on this and uh, uh, begin uh, uh, the battle here to uh, bring their grievances forth to the uh, to the uh, House legislators in their state. Uh, how this is going to come about or how it's going to play out, I don't know. Uh, of course, it's a peaceful, lawful way. From what I understand, I don't know too much about it or everything about it, but I've, I've heard about it in the past. Every time we try to get together a show where we get at people who do know about it, who have done it, it seems like it falls apart for some reason and we can't get everybody together. Then we get people together who want to agree to try to do it, and then we don't get all the parties together. So, you know, it's it's it's, it's an uphill battle, you know. Uh, so I, if this is a legitimate way to... Uh, to halt these people legally to work for us, then by all means, we should be taking more time out to get together and uh, unite and, uh, and bring this remonstrance to, uh, uh, forward. 
to uh, our grievances here. So I, I, I wanted to ask, though, the, the remonstrance, you know, once you bring the remonstrance there, you bring his complaint, what's the remedies that are demanded upon this? I mean, what, what, what can be the remedy? What is the remedy supposed to be? So I kind of really wanted to get that question out there, too. Uh, uh, and I don't know where Mike from Florida is. He was on this podcast all the time when the Republic was on, and now he's not here. You know, I don't know where the hell he is. His number, you know, I used to always see his number on the board. I see a bunch of new numbers on the board, but uh, excuse me, I don't see anybody uh, that uh, can uh, that I've that I've invited on in the past. So, uh, so you know, in North Carolina here, the uh, uh, the Republican lawmakers and Democrats have gotten together and they've expanded Medicaid. Yay! State Medicaid program, they've expanded it. Uh, now you don't have to be disabled to uh, collect Medicaid if you're an adult. Now you, they limit, you know, they they let go all the uh, the uh, requirements. Except there's only one major requirement that's uh, very very important, actually. Not one doctor will accept it. <laughs> so figure that, you know what I mean? So who cares how much they expanded it? No doctors will accept it. So at the doctor, you accept Medicaid? No, we do not, sir. <laughs> do you know any doctors that do? No, I do not, sir. You know, so there's one doctor and way out in the mountains that accepts it. That's it. So what good is it? The government gives you insurance that no doctor accepts. <laughs> Duh. You think somebody would ask this question to the news media? Or you think this question would be something out there that we would be talking about openly? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and we know it's campaign time here. Uh, I'm gonna put together. I put together my uh, one of my campaign here messages here. We get that out here real quick. Uh, I yeah, I can't breathe, man. And sorry, acting up really before I got on the show. Also, uh, one of my campaign letters here that I'm sending out to some people. Uh, this campaign letter here that I'm putting out. Uh, uh, no, every ele- every election promises promises are made, and some something you you or a friend may have supported appeared to change. Uh, what question? Big question mark. Can I ask? Really, at the end of the day, has anything really gotten better for your community? And without the fear of how long can it last anyway? If it did, our Constitution and Republic should never be a question during any election cycle. Uh, I need I need your help. And you can sure use my help. Together, we can help out everyone. What what I will stand for and fight for is always attached to a political message when someone uh, reaches out to uh, his or her uh, voting base or prospects for the future future support. Uh, to be honest, to be 100% honest with you, I cannot change anything. In fact, even if I was elected to the House seat in my district, my voice will be very small in North Carolina State Capitol. However, with your voices and with the people standing alongside with me, we may have a chance to begin a real fight for, for honest transparency and change. And, and, uh, and what at the top of this letter, Head says, restoring our republic can really build a foundation that will never fall apart because when I take it, my, take an oath or make a promise uh, uh, with God, family, and country first, I want to ask you about the issues most concerning to you and what you want to see happen. This is why I'm reaching out to everyone uh, in my district. I can long before, long before the campaign. 
madness begins if phony promises are, are made just to get your votes. I'm just going to list a few of the broken issues that our representatives seem to never repair that I think should be fixed once and for all. Can I outline uh, 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 some of these uh, uh, issues here? Uh, uh, inflation, number one, inflation in our state is out of control. Prices keep rising, but your uh, paychecks never do. Number two, crime in our communities always talked about but never seems to ever be fixed with real solutions that everyone can profit from. Number three, uh, health insurance on the cost of prescription drugs. We always hear about the promise of lower costs, but our pockets never see it. Number four, our farmers in our state never seem to uh, get the help they so much deserve. No farms, no food, very important to fix one one would think. Uh, number five, education. The political uh, leaders always talking about education. How about the government staying out of the classroom? That's what I, I propose. Uh, let the local school boards and parents and teachers work that out in their communities. So, uh, I don't think the state government or capital should ever get involved with our child's education. They don't know what's best for our children, only we do. Uh, Number six, guns, 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 guns control. I say no, no, no. The Second Amendment is not going anywhere, not as long as I live. Uh, we don't need to propose any more gun control or gun restrictions whatsoever. I know many states are. And they, uh, for instance, the state of Connecticut right now, they want you to count for how many bullets you have. Ridiculous, ridiculous, uh, just absurd. And uh, no, never, not, not where I live. Uh, gas prices always appear to be a major topic, uh, maybe, especially before an election uh, cycle. It's time to get rid of the gas tax, and, and uh, I would say propose this. Why don't we put a mandate on how how high gas can actually be charged for at the pump? Put a cap on the price. Let gas consume, uh, gas stations pick their own prices, but put a cap. You know, they can't go above five dollars a gallon. If they all want to put five dollars a gallon, that's fine. But they need to explain it, or or there has to be a reason for it. Because we know gas prices fluctuate, but there has to be a cap. It just seems like it keeps going up and 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 up, and it's not going down. It goes down for a little while, but then it goes right back up a little bit, and it stays at that little bit up until the next hike comes. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. I mean, uh, I went over one time the gas prices with everybody on this podcast, the dates, the years uh, of. Uh, of what the prices were and how they stayed uh, relatively the same throughout uh, the years. Um, uh, I don't have my water here next to me, darn it. Uh, taxes. One tax that needs to be abolished is the property tax. No citizen in our state that owns a home should have to pay rent to the government. I believe the property tax is unconstitutional and it should be abolished. Once you pay for your home, your home is paid off, that's it. No more tax on your home. No more property tax. Uh, homeless. Never should be a, never should a citizen in our state be homeless. Period. Period. We should not, not in today's day and age, we should not have homeless people. No, there should not be a homeless problem anywhere in America, for that matter. Uh, especially amongst our veterans. That's disgusting and, and sickening. Government regulation, all regulations need to be looked into, and if appearing to have too much power or regulation, then be removed from the law books. That means basically oversight of all the statutes, general statutes that are on the books here in North Carolina. Take a look, put together a committee, uh, uh, a nonpartisan committee that would uh, exam, open up the law books, examine every single code statute that we have on the books right now, and, and if they are unconstitutional, then they become, bam, nullified, nullification. 
Uh, that's what a lawmaker can do. That's what a state legislator can do. It has power to do here in North Carolina. Okay? So, okay, that was just 10 of, uh, off the top of my head, and I'm sure many people have the uh, other concerns that uh, they may feel need to be addressed by the people that uh, supposed to, uh, to uh, you know, that's supposed to be our voice at the end, at the Capitol. I can never find that person, or do I ever hear back from that person at the Capitol? And when I try to inquire with that person, it seems like I'm connected to a voicemail right away or a promise to call back that never happens, or an email that never happens. If elected, I have one pledge I do make to you that any call or any contact with anyone in my district, uh, you will have personal contact with me. I guarantee you that. So that's pretty much one of the campaign messages there that I did type up and uh, uh, formatted, and I, I read it the best I could because I'm reading out loud on the air right now. But that's the best first letter that I'm mailing out to all the registered uh, registered people, registered voters in my district, just for starters, uh, to get the ball rolling here because I believe i got to start campaigning now if I'm going to unseat this guy. Uh, that's in there now. If he decides to run again, I don't know. Uh, he did come out of retirement to uh, run for state legislator. He was a uh, or a county commissioner or whatever he was before. I know he was police chief for a little while there. But, uh, yeah, so if he decides to run again, then I'm going to have a very hard fight because unseating an incumbent within my own party can be very difficult. So uh, anybody got anything you want to add here tonight? Anybody you want to say? Anything you want to add or questions? Press 1. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, phone. Uh, I need some callers here because I got nobody on the phone line here right now. Actually, I got Sarge out there. Sarge, you out there? You want to talk here tonight? Uh, so maybe we can drag a few other people in here and talk about the uh, some of the issues here. What do you think about this Biden uh, proposal? The the uh, package that Biden wants to put together for the uh, budget for for the economy. What do you think about this? Uh, uh, the, the military spending. Somebody told me that what three uh, percent or something. Three uh, percent. Uh, what's, what's his what's he proposing for military spending on his budget? Uh, well, I wish I had a copy of his uh, what his proposed uh, budget uh, up here uh, right now. Uh, oh no! Somebody just sent me a message. Uh, you like that intro I played there, Bannon? Yeah, I sent that to a couple friends of mine too. Uh, that uh, that uh, email there uh, uh, with the uh, video with Bannon in it. Yeah, that was pretty good, huh? Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, you know, it's pretty. Uh, Gives you uh, an insight of what, how much trouble we're in in America. You know, I was arguing with a friend of mine. Uh, well, of course, you guys know him, Dr. Peter Ventura. I was talking with him uh, the past couple nights on the phone. We stay awake late talking, uh, debating, and arguing sometimes, actually. But, you know, last night he said something that concerned me. He said, America's upon judgment where we're being judged right now. You know, and I, you know, and we got to a little bit of quibble about that, but. You know, are we really being judged? Are we just not bringing apart, uh, bringing upon ourselves this negativity upon ourselves? You know, I, of course, I do believe in a higher power, God. I do believe God is out there. I believe He's a creator. I don't believe that we just appeared here. I don't believe we rolled over as a fish and evolved over the years. We didn't. Uh, uh, we didn't monkey. We didn't come from monkeys. That's for sure. Uh, you know, so I believe that there is a God. But what happens that when you die? You know, where where do you go when you die? I, I've been searching that. Well, since my dad has passed away, I've always been searching for that a lot lately. It's where where do you go? You know, what happens to your soul? What happens to your spirit? What happens to, you know, we know what happens to your body. Do you feel it? Do you have any memory of what happened here to you on earth here? Uh, your life, does it flash before your eyes? Is there anybody out there that has had a near-death experience? 
or or uh, I'd like to hear from you possibly. I know our you know we didn't advertise the show and and without advertising the show our our live callers dwindled down to almost next to nothing uh, uh, for participation. But we do have quite a few people that do listen via the internet. And, uh, you know, you can call in, or the people that I've asked to call in here tonight, uh, you can join me, in, and uh, the floor is yours. I mean, let's have a conversation. Let's have a talk. Let's, you know, what we talk about here, maybe other people will get ideas or become motivated to discuss the, uh, the, uh, the important issues that are facing us at hand here today, that, that we have to have a change. I was talking to a friend of mine out there in California last night. You know, he, he basically had the attitude of, well, nothing's going to change. God's going to come back, and, uh, you know, the rapture's going to happen, and, and, and we're not going to save this republic. I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. I, I believe that we can make a change together and make things di- and do things differently uh, uh, in this country that can unravel a positive change where that we could be here another 200 years maybe. Do you think we'll be here another 200 years anyway? Do you think we'll last that long? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't think we'll be out of here. The rapture is not going to happen next year. Uh, do we have to have World War Three? You know, uh, a friend of mine gave me this book of Hebrews here. I got it right here. Book of Hebrews right here. Uh, this is the study manual right here. Advanced uh, uh, Bible study series right here. It's right here at my desk. You know, and I've read it. Read it twice already. You know, I, I do have to read things two or three, four or five times to really get it. But, uh, you know, uh, a lot of questions I uh, have here, you know, uh, uh, you know, concerning uh, these, these, these uh, commentary series that people put out, you know, uh, you know, how much impact they have on the real true nature of the word of God. So at the end of the day, when we're all sitting on our deathbed or we die or we're sick, we're, we're, who do we cry out to? It's always God, right? It's not, it's not the guy next. It's not the mailman. It's not the power company. It's not your bank. It's the God. So, but yet we don't. People don't talk about God that much every single day, do they? Do you? And we're putting our trust now into this AI stuff. What do you think about this AI? I mean, do I got anything on AI here that I could play here real quick? I don't know if I got anything or not. Let's see here. Let's go to. Uh, I got something. This AI stuff scares the hell out of me. Do we have robots running around right now? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm a little, I'm a little uh, worried about that. Somebody told me that they're at tolls. They're at toll booth, these uh, robots. Bank crash has begun. Sell offs and bank runs begin to bring in CBDCs and one world currency. The headline just came in right here. Forbes looks at Silicon Valley banks as one of the America's best banks just weeks before collapse. All right. What do we got here? Let's see what we got here. Let's see what they say. What do they got here? You got a video on this or no? All right, here we go. The House of Domino. Let's see what they got to say real quick, real quick on this. <laughs> This week, Tucker Carlson exposed the masses to the January 6th hoax. In the Proud Boys trial, leaked chat logs from FBI Special Agent Nicole Miller revealed that she was ordered by her boss to destroy 338 items of evidence. Once this news broke days ago, the trial was halted. 
The investigation into Twitter has revealed that moderators were instructed to censor true posts, which could fuel hesitancy. Former CDC head Robert Redfield has just testified that the NIH was conducting gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab in China. Politically, the tide is turning, and people all over the world are now rejecting the new world order. The Central Bank of Nigeria launched their CBDC a little over a year ago, but the people rejected it. So early this year, the Nigerian banks emptied the ATM machines and closed their doors. This resulted in angry protests. The people attacked ATMs and blocked roads in multiple cities. The Bank of Lebanon has crashed. The Lebanese pound has fallen to an all-time low of 80,000 against the U.S. dollar. The people have taken to the streets. Banks have been set on fire. The rise in Fed rates has officially killed America's biggest lender, Silicon Valley Bank. The FDIC shutters Silicon Valley Bank. $152 billion of uninsured deposits are destroyed. The rise in Fed rates also killed Silvergate Capital. Several regional bank stocks have plummeted as a result of the Silicon Valley Bank and the Federal Reserve's rate hikes. The housing market is collapsing as well. The majority of commercial real estate loans are lent by small banks. Massive short bets are now happening in the commercial real estate market. The Federal Reserve Bank is taking down the housing market along with all regional banks, leaving only its vassals who will be distributing CBDCs as a solution. The financial experts are now recommending that people have food, gold and silver, and cash in their possession. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Well, that's the report right there on that. I mean, if, if that doesn't scare you, if that doesn't give you a wake-up call into something, so uh, we'll, we'll go to the live feed here real quick. Let's see what these guys – he's not rambling on here. Let's see here. It works to bring down civilization. Wow, what's going on with this guy? Uh, we've got so much more we're going to be breaking down here tonight. Remember, this is not a spectator sport. This is the information war. It's a participation sport. So go to InfoWars.com, pick the live show feed, uh, go to Band.Video, share the links down your email. All right, all right. Here we go. We're not going to listen to his commercials there. All right, shut him down. Okay, so anyway, so bank, bank runs. Now, this happened in 2008 on a smaller scale. If any of you remember the, the 2008, what had happened in September of 2008. Okay, this was this was big. This was this view, and, and again, now let's go over Forbes. Let's go over to uh, uh, Reuters. Let's go over the bank run has begun. Um, they're scrambling because they want to do stuff before. See, our markets are closed right now, and they're opening, beginning to open around the world. Okay, so that's what's important right now. See, while you're sleeping tonight, the markets will be open over in Tokyo and every place else. So they'll get the news first about the crash, if this is a big crash, if this is happening. Bank crash has begun. Sell-offs and bank runs begin. Bring in the CBC's one-world currency. Here it's featured. Okay. 
here we are. Tim Dillon, here's new evidence on Capitol. Okay, that's something else. Sorry. Sorry about that there. That was uh, – okay, here we are. We got uh, the uh, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley proud to be on Forbes' annual ranking of Banks America's Best for the fifth straight year and to have also been named to the publication's inaugural financial all-stars list. That was one week ago, <laughs> and today they're crashing. <laughs> so you think your money's safe? Do you think it's safe? That was one week ago, and now they're selling everything off. Crazy. 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 Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, here we go. Fatal distraction. Well, because we're all too busy. We're all worried about, um, you know, the uh, SVB risk manager oversaw woke LGBT uh, programs. We have Fauci. Everyone agrees COVID was not engineered into a bioweapon. Words have never been spoken. Internet embarrassed by White House press secretary. Border crisis ramblings. Oh, Lord. I don't think it ends. It, it, it just doesn't ever ends. What else we got here? Anything? I'm trying to get to, to, to this bank thing here. See if we can get something here on this real quick. Uh, we can get to the bank. If I get to the bank, it's not letting me get to It's blocking me for some reason. I don't know why it's blocking me. It's not It's not letting me get to the bank. Why? <laughs> That's odd. Usually I got a link here. It takes me to a couple of the, the press, you know, the uh, media outlets here on this. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, but it's not letting me here. All right, bank crash, sell off some banks. Runs. Okay, here we go. Uh, watch former Obama State Department official defense pushing propaganda on Americans. January 6th, prison choir song featuring President Trump hits number one on iTunes. Sunday, must watch broadcast. General Flynn gives powerful analysis of state of the world today. Banks runs tactic. All right, General Flynn. All right, let's see if we can get to him, what he has to say. Uh, General Flynn, uh, future of warfare, declassified military documents, proves EMF tracking and use of deep space, deep fake psyops. China foresees end of Ukraine war this summer. All right, there's the prediction right there. Uh, Chinese foresees the end of the Ukraine war this summer. Uh here we go. Uh, you know, I must demand to release the QN. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to get these contained. These uh, says banking system is resilient. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. U.S. Special Operation Forces are considered util- utilizing deep fake, uh, deep fake psyops reports. See, what, what's this psyop thing? That's twice I've seen that now. Uh, conservatives point and uh, China warns of war with U.S. over Taiwan and Ukraine. All right. Uh, FDIC shutters Silicon Valley. Fall. All right, here we go. Let's see what this China thing is. China warns this war. We'll play this real quick. I'll check the phone lines. Anybody want to call in? 657-383-0616. Okay. Uh, now is your time. World War Three alert. Congress framing China for COVID as war persists. Oh, let's see here. This week, nearly 3,000 delegates of the National People's Congress met to hear reports of the Communist Party's priorities. 
Here, after ceremonially being reaffirmed as their leader, Xi Jinping accused Western governments led by the United States of trying to encircle and suppress China's progress as a nation. Quote, Western countries led by the United States have implemented all-around containment, encirclement, and suppression of China, which has brought unprecedented grave challenges to our nation's development. To the 3,000 delegates, Xi called on them to, quote, remain calm, maintain concentration, strive for progress while maintaining stability, take active actions united as one, and dare to fight. Dare to fight? What does he mean by that exactly? Chinese Foreign Minister Qin Gang elaborated on these grievances laid out by the president claiming that Washington has, quote, entirely deviated from the rational and sound track, adding that, quote, if the United States does not hit the brake but continues to speed down the wrong path, no amount of guardrails can prevent derailing, and there surely will be conflict and confrontation. Clearly, China is warning of war with the United States and is announcing to their political leaders that they are preparing for physical combat. Revitalized discussions in the U.S. of the Wuhan lab leak origin of COVID have caused concern in the foreign ministry as well. And they accused the United States of politicizing the issue to discredit China. But will they really go to war over COVID's origin? What is it that China really cares about in relation to the West? Well, Kin Gang called Taiwan the first red line that must not be crossed to avoid war, and even criticized Washington for shooting down the Chinese spy balloon, calling its appearance an accident. Accident or surveillance operation, the spy balloon still caused Anthony Blinken to cancel his visit to Beijing in February. On Taiwan, Gang stated, quote, The U.S. has unshakable responsibility for causing the Taiwan question, accusing the U.S. of, quote, disrespecting China's sovereignty and territorial integrity. Probably the most consequential part of Kin Gang's speech was his direct comparison of the situation in Taiwan with the Ukraine question in relation to Russia. Quote, why does the U.S. ask China not to provide weapons to Russia while it keeps selling arms to Taiwan? Honestly, a fair question. He also observes, quote, there seems to be an invisible hand pushing for the protraction and escalation of the conflict and using the Ukraine crisis to serve a certain geopolitical agenda. Again, he couldn't be more accurate with his assessment. China has accused the U.S. of fanning the flames of war by providing Ukraine with weaponry to fight Russian invasion. Yet, the U.S. wants to limit China's activity with Russia, although China touts their own no-limits friendship with their northern neighbor. So will Ukraine's conflict with Russia and Taiwan's conflict with China be the ultimate triggers to start a new world war of epic proportions? The non-interventionist approach to foreign affairs used to be an all-American point of view and practice on the world stage. Now, as the United States morphs into an empire, the military arm of the New World Order, it seems we will be dragged kicking and screaming into other nations' wars, shedding our lifeblood on the soil of faraway lands. Kin Gang also claimed the U.S. wishes that, quote, China should not respond in words or action when slandered or attacked. 
But he says this is just impossible. What does China view as an attack? And how will they respond when they ultimately feel attacked? Is this all just talk? Or will words suffice to start a physical conflict with China? I guess that's why Teddy Roosevelt suggested to speak softly and carry a big stick. This is Brian Wilson with InfoWars. All right, all right. Well, you know, uh, it was the uh, Roosevelt there, right, uh, that uh, screwed us from getting us into an alliance with Russia there in World War Two, And, uh, you know, and uh, Japan, didn't Japan attack China, too? They were attacking China. Then we helped out China during World War Two. Yeah, we helped them out by us stopping Japan. I mean, Japan was going over there just chopping them up, wasn't it, weren't they? I mean, just think if it wasn't for us defeating Japan during World War Two, right now, there'd be no China. Japan would have uh, control over all of China. And, 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 and uh, of course, the uh, United Kingdom there, Britain, they had bases over there too uh, and uh, land. So it would be a much – I wonder what would have happened if, if things played out differently in World War Two. not if Hitler won because we always hear about that. You know, what if Adolf Hitler won? And, you know, and what if, uh, listen, it would never have happened because Germany was too small of a country. didn't have the manpower people to control that side – to control half the planet. There's just no way he could do that. Uh, he barely had he had problems controlling all the you know keep staying occupied in France when when uh, you know when he was uh, conducting uh, Barbarossa there. So you know and then then going up north to uh, the Finland area. So you know he, he just didn't have the troops or the manpower or the or the resources to uh, control. Uh, even when he sees the other resources of other countries, they just did not have it to uh, uh, maintain a, a half the half the planet. Uh, so, so that's out of the question. But if we use a different scenario in Japan, though, on the other hand, the way they governed and the way they kept things, you know, and how they they did things, if they were able to uh, get a hold and, and and mixed with the Chinese and and uh, uh, the Indians and uh, India over there and all those people, how would that have played out? Uh, you know, and and eventually, would Australia? What would have happened to Australia? You know, so controlling that side of the planet, and then how much of the Pacific would have been given up? To, uh, how much would the United States have had to given up, have to give up? Uh, you know, because uh, there was just no way that we would be able to have show our dominance the way we did in World War II if, if it didn't play out the way it did, I guess. So, uh, you know, I just don't like the fact that we aligned ourselves with Russia. Uh, I just didn't like the Russians are. I just I, I don't think the Russians are a threat to us, but uh, at that time, but they, but I just don't like aligning ourselves with them, and I don't think we needed them to defeat uh, Germany. Uh, I just don't I just don't see, think that was necessary. And besides, I don't think we really were going to go to war with Germany anyway if they didn't declare war on us. So if we analyze those wars and uh, the history. That's for another discussion, another time, but. You know, it, but it does lead us up to World War Three and how World War Three will come about if there is a World War Three, and I believe there will be. Uh, it's just no way that we we can not see a World War Three the way the thing. Just look, we've got a, this administration in there, and look what they look how much they've screwed up already with Afghanistan, the Middle East. I mean, just look at what they've done, these people. These Democrats, and there is no deals with the devil anymore. 
There's no deals. These Democrats and their woke crowd and, 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 and the way they put things, the way they speak upon things, there's no shaking hands with them and doing deals because everything they have to offer is, has no substance or balance whatsoever that can govern a country. It's all immorality. It's, it's, it's appeasement to the, to, uh, the evil, and, and, and they condone uh, uh, consequential actions that are immoral that we, that we as Americans have built our foundations upon that they want to erase. No, no, no. That's just not the way it's going to be. We're not giving up America like that. You know, I mean, what you do in the privacy of your home is fine, but if you're kissing a guy on the street corner, I don't care. I think that should be illegal. I don't want two men kissing each other. I just don't want it. I don't want to see it. You know, and putting it flaunting out in the open. I think it's disgusting. And, and it's just like if someone was having sex with a dog on a corner. It's the same thing. It's disgusting. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not natural. You know, you do whatever you want in the privacy of your own home. So you're not hurting somebody else. Or, you know, I don't. Know. I know I'll take a thrashing right now from the uh, the, the, the homo community, but uh, hey, oh well. Let's go to 407 here. 407, you want to jump into conversation? I got a private caller. Go ahead, 407. Yeah, you asked a while ago, what do you think of uh, AI? Uh, here's what I think of it. I remember um, as a kid, we had a show, a really great imagination of taking us out of our world, but Star Trek. And then the next generation, uh, was the next, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation that had a computer named Data. It was a man, but he looked like a com- uh, man, and he was a computer. And he had a desire to experience emotions. Now, we know he, he's never going to get emotions unless someone programs that in him. But what that was also a part of is the, the, the evolution and uh, that was being taught in in uh, our education system and and because of a couple generations coming up with that right now we're sitting around here fascinated and i'm fascinated with computers and all this other stuff but the thing is is we can't be so fascinated that we let it be our god or the guy over us that tells us what we need to be doing and that's where we're at we've been taught evolution and not creation yeah yeah, I mean that's interesting uh, perspective on that. Uh, see, I, I start getting a little thrown up. I'm not too knowledgeable on the aspect of the difference between evolution and creation. I guess you could say of what the difference is and how it's being taught and today compared well, to how it was taught. There is you know? a difference. There is a difference. Let me say this: there is a difference between creation and evolution. Uh, the word evolve means to grow. Uh, when I was born, I was born in the likeness of a human, and and I went. Through, I'll go through from uh, from ba- baby from uh, pediatrics all the way to geriatrics. I'll be a teenager, a preteen, a teenager, a young adult. I'll be uh, an older, mature adult. Then one day I'll be, uh, you know, depending on my kids where they used to depend on me. And so I will grow through these different stages. But it's not like I was born a, a, a baby and I will turn into something completely opposite than, of anything that contradicts my nature. So there, there's a difference between creation. Cre- in other words, you can create a, a Ford Mustang and come back 100 years later and it's not going to be a, a Chevy Camaro. Not unless exactly. you do something to tamper with it. Okay. That's a good point, I guess you could say. So, yeah. Um, I think it yeah, evolve means to mature. 
I think Sarge's got a comment on this. Uh, your buddy Sarge here, I think he's on the line here. Uh, he's got his hand up. So, uh, you guys have something you want to add to this? Yeah, Joe. Look, I'd like to do something a little bit uncharacteristic of me when I call in your show. And I, I, I just came across an article with some really interesting theories about January 6th and the election. And I'd like to run it by you and your listeners because I think it bears – uh, you know, um, examination. And I'm not one to posit things without evidence. You know me. I mean, I, I don't like to call. I don't like to call conspiracy theories conspiracy theories. I just like to call them unproven speculation. Because you know, that, a lot of times they'll say things are conspiracy theories just to discredit the ideas that the powers that be don't want examined. So I don't like using okay. the word conspiracy theory. But even though what I'm about to speak of, if you allow me to, doesn't have anything directly to do with any evidence I got, but it certainly is a lot of circumstantial evidence based on the facts and what went on that day. And if y'all would like to hear it, I'd love to tell you. I don't have a problem with you, Sarge. You know that. You're always welcome. Like everyone else, everyone else is willing to come to the table, whatever they got. So go ahead, man. Well, look, everybody's asking these questions, you know, because there's so much evidence of this. The FBI and the government apparatus had all kind of knowledge about of this likely going to be a huge, big process, uh, a protest that could get out of control. And how come the Capitol Police didn't get certain intelligence information the FBI had? Why didn't uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol Police secure the Capitol Hill uh, complex? And most importantly, why did they deny the request by President Trump to have the National Guard prepared to be ready to answer should anything get out of hand? Why were there apparently agent provocateurs in the crowd revving up a peaceful crowd to go into the Capitol building? Why, why, why? Well, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while. And it has to do, I think, with the election challenges that are in the Electoral Count Act of 1877 that was passed after the controversial Tilden Hayes election that allowed for objection from members of the House and the Senate to the Electoral Count. And if you'll bear with me, I'd like to explain as to what this might be here. Now, they knew before January 6th that about 139 Republican members of the House of Representatives and eight members of the United States Senate had already uh, made clear their intention to object to the Electoral Count. And remember, the 1877 Electoral Act allows one member and one House, member of the Senate, to object to the Electoral Count of any state. If you get one member from both houses uh, uh, who object to the electoral count in any state, then it has to go to the floor of both houses of Congress for a vote. Now, why is that so important? That's so important because even if the vote had not been voted in the affirmative to allow it to continue further, what it would have provided would be a constitutional basis for standing in a judicial challenge about the election for the Supreme Court. And the fact that there was no such thing 
just uh, makes it much more difficult to obtain standing for the Supreme Court to get a challenge. Now, how do you prevent Congress from delaying the certification of a state electoral vote? You got to have a crisis, a crisis that fits and invokes the special House rules that the House of Representatives has in place for occasions like this. Now, just three minutes before two representatives issued a vote for motions to suspend the certification, again, under the Electoral Count Act, not under any unconstitutional act by Mike Pence, but in accordance with the law, with federal statute, the House members were told that there was a protest that was going to breach the chambers. Then key people who must be present for the certification by law, Mike Pence, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Schumer, and McConnell, were walked out of the chamber, which effectively halts the chamber process of the delay to certify the vote. Now, they had to halt it in order to get they had to they had to eliminate the motion challenges to halt the certification. Okay? They had to do it and they had to do it by getting rid of the main players, like I said, those four people I just mentioned. They have to be there and if they're not there you can't do anything. So you got a crisis, it eliminates the motion challenge to halt the certification, which would have begun to look into the voting irregularities and the fraud. So, if you take the moat out, and if you take the process out entirely, you can continue the fraud and certify the fraud with no detractors on the record because it never went forward, it never got put in. Because when they came back from the so-called crisis, eight of the senators withdrew their intention to object to the certification. So you don't have one member from each house. You got the 139 members of the House of Representatives, but nobody in the Senate. So when Mike Pence said, you know, when Mike Pence said that he didn't have any ability to halt the certification, technically speaking, constitutionally, he was correct because there was no motion before him to do it because it never got entered. Really? Yeah, this is all in the law now. This is, all, this is really, I, it might have been, and I'm not one to indulge in speculation without direct evidence, proof of evidence. I don't do that. You know me. I always talk about what the evidence yeah. shows. But, again, we know that there are, again, 147 members of Congress in the Senate and the House of Representatives who are going to object to the election. And they're going to object to the election in four states. Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Georgia. We know that. And Josh Hawley said he was going to look into the problems in Pennsylvania. So we know this. It was going to happen. But he got interrupted by the insurrection. Well, well, we knew that. Well, first of all, let me backtrack a little bit more here, though. But we knew that there was going to be an event that day anyway, because didn't you, did you get any emails? Yeah, but you got to ask yourself, why didn't they have the, uh, all these? They knew all this stuff was probably going to go on. And they didn't call out the National Guard. They didn't properly That's mobilize the Metropolitan Police Department or the Capitol Police Department. They didn't even equip them properly for a major riot. And you got to ask this yourself why. 
Yes, that's just, this is my point. They had all those information. Why did they do it? I think it provided them with a pretext to have the electoral certification vote interrupted, maybe to either provide a pretext as to why they felt they had to change their vote because we're not going to yield to a mob. <laughs> so they could always get cover that way. Maybe they were extorted or intimidated. I don't know. If, that, if, if, in fact, something like that happened, what would have to be done is to find out these people who they want don't want questions. Look at the people they're trying to hide from us. These guys like Ray Epps and all these other guys who look like they were feds and who many in the protest thought were federal agents or federal uh, undercover provocateurs or whatever. And we'll look at the lengths that they are going to to prevent us from finding out who they are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I – I, it is an interesting uh, facet to look at it this way, Sarge. But again, what? Okay, as we analyze it, and we all know the truth comes out years down the road. What can change because of it? What can we do? We, you know, the truth. I know the truth. Well, most of us really do. Some of us don't, uh, and a lot don't care. So, and at the end of the day, Sarge. Are we to waste energy on this? I mean, will or I mean, is it good because if Trump gets back in again, then this will really be beneficial. But if he doesn't well, get back I'm in again, I'm not even saying, well, Joe. I'm not saying we have to make it a priority. I mean, the certification is done. But think about it. If this, in fact, was what happened, because look, we're all asking, is it just simple incompetence? We know how bad these people are at governing. I'm talking about Pelosi, Muriel Bowser. <laughs> no. Any Democrat, they don't, all they know how to do is seize power. They don't know anything about governing well for the benefit of the American people in a constitutional mm-hmm. republic. Now, we know that. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but you would expect there's certain things that are minimal, like certain, like when you have your professional leaders in law enforcement telling you about possible dangers, when you have the president of the United States offering you 20,000 members of the National Guard. All you got to do is put in a request. When you got the mayor's office in Washington, D.C., sending a letter on January 5th saying she does not want any help whatsoever. And if you even think about offering any aid, you got to run it by her department first. Remember Article 4 of the Constitution? Article 4 of the Constitution requires that either the legislature or the chief executive of an entity consents to the commitment yeah. of federal troops. Okay? Yeah. And it, yeah. it would take a request from her and or the speaker to commit those troops to the Capitol building and or Washington, D.C. And her office sent out a letter specifically rejecting the use of the National Guard despite all this intelligence information, that they might be needed. Yeah. And again, again, the election and the insurrection provided a pretext to halt the chamber proceedings, which would have led to an objection in the irregularities of the election and the possible fraud and would have provided a standing basis for a constitutional challenge before the United States Supreme Court. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and we, we, I would imagine it would be resolved today, right? It would be all resolved by now. 
Now, I'm not saying it's 100% certain, obviously, because there's a lot of stuff I cannot prove, may not even be provable. But if this is the case, then somebody engineered it. We just have to find out who. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the question of it is, is you've already got over a thousand people already sitting in jail, and they're not talking. <laughs> well, remember, you know, you know, well, I mean, I don't think they would necessarily have any knowledge of it, but see, they are just, they're just simple, they're just political prisoners who are there in jail to show what will happen to you if you dare to defy the powers of this government. Yeah, and yeah. certainly, uh, if they were just agitated up by agent provocateurs. They're just yeah. kind of caught up in the whole, in the whole mess. They wouldn't necessarily know yeah. anything. It's one again, sorry. You got to get the Ray Epps and guys like him and work up from there. But they're being protected by the powers that be. Well, it's kind of fitting, Sarge, for what I opened up. I mean, doesn't that? Tonight, right? I mean, doesn't that? Doesn't that? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, aren't, aren't we smelling some rats in Norway somewhere? When they when they're so determined to protect these people from public scrutiny. Well, and nothing ever happens if it comes of it. I mean, you know, uh, you know I mean, tell me something. What what becomes? I of remember this what Mike Pence said. Mike Pence, oh, I got no constitutional authority to do it. But if those challenges had gone through, he would have had the authority to delay the certification under the Electoral Count Act. He would have had the authority to do it. In fact, he would have had to. Okay. He would have he had to delay it. To, well, would at least be considered for a house vote. Okay, so we can't play. You know, what if, what if, too far down the line. But what if he, he himself had done that, done what he was supposed to do? What would, what would our country look like today? Well, I, I don't. I, let me. I, I'm sure I understand the question. We say it again. Well, what if this? What if the, the election was never certified? We couldn't get to the. You know, look, there was fraud that happened here. Either we're going to read, you know. No, no, no. no. It, 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 we're not talking about an indefinite suspension of the election. That's not what would have happened. What would have happened was they would have been. They would have had to delay the vote while they advanced it to the both floors of both chambers of Congress for a vote. If the vote said that it goes that the objections to the election would be uh, sustained by a majority vote of both houses, then those those votes would not have been counted in those states. Ah, all right, all right, all right. Okay, I see what you're it saying. It would have now. been indefinite. Now, there might have been some turmoil as a result because it's never happened before. Yeah, all I'm yeah. saying is, is that the law, the Constitution, and the House rules allowed for it. Okay, all right, okay, okay. I got you then. All right, I see what you're saying then. All right. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> hello, everyone. Uh, hello in the chat room. Uh, hello, show. We said bringing the boys there. The noise. Or, uh, hello, and uh, the last caller there that was on the phone there. I know he's probably still listening via the internet. Uh, I think that's one of your buddies, Sarge, or you guys know each other from the internet or whatnot. Thanks for your call. I appreciate it. I wanted to get a little more depth and depth there, but Sarge cut you off, so <laughs> I just didn't put that on you, Sarge. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. Um, uh, so what, 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 okay, Sarge, with this information, now that you're researching and whatnot, we, well, what do we do with it? You put it out there to the listeners. Okay, what do we do with it? What do you recommend? Right, now, okay, hey, here's the thing. In your opinion, now, look. In your opinion. All right, here's the thing. There are all these unresolved questions. The Senate now is conducting hearings on all this. Oh, they're going to be, they're going to, they're going to be conducting hearings on this January 6th stuff. 
Um, I think we ought to ask the congressmen who are going to raise the objections about what went on in the chamber. What happened? Well, we know when you said you and asked these congressmen, the eight senators, they're all Republicans now, all both the senators and the members of the House of Reps, they were all Republicans. There were no Democrats. But that doesn't no, matter because, whoa, 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 because political win. parties don't matter in the Constitution. So it doesn't matter. But in the all chamber it says wins. is what? When, when in the, what, 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 what went on in the chamber when? What are you talking about? What, after it got stormed or, or, or before? Well, I, you, you're kind of breaking up and getting real low there. Well, Can well, you speak I up a little bit? I lost you there, what you were talking about. What, 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 what do you mean? What happened in the chamber? Yeah, I mean, about what was the, deliver, the, the mood and the atmosphere in the chamber before the chamber got evacuated because of the possibility of protesters breaching the Capitol building. Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right. Because remember, I'm, I, I okay. want to keep emphasizing this. 139 members of the House of Representatives, eight United States senators, had made known prior to this their intention to object to the electoral count in Congress. Remember, let me emphasize this again. It takes one member of the House of Representatives and one member of the Senate to object to any electoral count in any of the states. And then they have to go and have a vote on whether or not to advance the motion forward. All right. Okay. Got you. Um, And without the senators there, there's no basis to advance the motion. And without the vote, it it makes it much more difficult to obtain standing to challenge this in the Supreme Court. How many members do they have to have to put the motion forward? One member for each state objected to from the House of Representatives and the Senate. Just one. That's two people. Hmm. Well, so I was doing the right thing. One has come from each chamber of Congress. All right. Okay, I got you. And then you have a vote, and and, and if the vote is denied, well, it doesn't go any further. But what you now have is a basis for standing before the Supreme Court to challenge the election. If that had happened, the the, the riot, the insurrection, so-called, changed that. Because the four people who are required to be there to advance the motion were removed from the chamber because of security concerns. And then when they came back, all the senators who had, who had made their intention to vote uh, to, cert- to uh, challenge the election, all of them dropped out and, and, and withdrew their objections to the certification. Oh, okay. <laughs> you get my point now? Yeah. You know, it's just. Uh, first of all, say hello to Shabaka there in the chat room. He's uh, uh, joined joined in here. Uh, he's got a message. I don't know. If he says, "Sarge, we're going to have a show at the regular scheduled time: 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. Please call in 516-418-5996. I guess he's going to be doing a show here shortly. Is that tonight, Shabaka? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you're going to be doing it tonight or not. So, uh, 
Uh, it couldn't be tonight because we were already way over that, wouldn't we? We'd be way over yeah, that. Yeah, I don't tonight. know. Is that, <laughs> that tonight or what time is that? Yeah, when is that going to be? Hey, what day is that? Today, Shibaka. tomorrow, what? Is that today, Shabaka? Well, he's in the chat room. I don't know, Shabaka. What's going on? Is that today? Uh, or is that tomorrow? I don't know. Or the next day? I don't know. He doesn't put a day on there. Yeah, I, you know. We don't know when it's going to be. Uh, there you oh. go. See, they had the vote, but they were es- ex- uh, escorted. What, yeah, that's what exactly what I'm that? saying. They were taken. They were removed from the chamber before the vote was brought for a formal motion. There you before. go. There you go. See, <laughs> that, and that's when you saw. Remember, there's people that have to be there. Speaker of the House has to be there. The uh, President of Congress, which is the Vice President, has got to be there. The presiding. Yep. Presiding. Yep. You know the um, the Senate Majority Leader's got to be there. The uh, the uh, uh, Senate Minority Leader's got to be. They got to be there. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're <laughs> you're right. If they're not there, if they're not there, then they can't do anything, right? But they came back. But here's the thing: they came back, and when they came back, guess what? No senators were going to vote to delay the ele- the certification. They had all, they all, and they, and they gave as the reason that the, because of the mob and the actions of the mob, that they could not yield to the actions of an out-of-control mob. Well, now, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe it is. I don't know. But whatever, I, I, that meant that it, the, uh, under parliamentary procedures, it just could not proceed. No. I I I don't I, again that was a very strange day what had happened that day I didn't foresee that coming I thought there was something else going to happen actually the way everybody was hyping it up through the internet channels and whatnot but see I didn't talk about it at all or mention it because I already knew it could be it could be a side it could be a setup job you know you don't know what's going on with them rounding people up who knows you never know anymore it's like this banker bailout thing you know you, I just can't go out there shouting hey, all the banks are going to shut down starting tomorrow I can't do that. And, Even though and I remember, now, now, here's another thing, too, another little bit of evidence. Uh, McConnell had a conference call on December 31st, 2020, and he urged his Republican Senate colleagues to abandon plans to object to the certification, and he insisted that his vote to certify the elections would be the most consequential I have ever cast in my 36-year Senate career. Now, that's what McConnell did. Don't, no, oh, you don't, whatever your objections are, elections, forget about them. Just, I don't <laughs> want you to vote uh, in the affirmative on that issue. <laughs> Thirty-seven years later. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my God. And then, and then, he, and then, you know, and he, and he, and the afternoon before the, you know the riot started, he gave a speech warning. Of the dire consequences for the country, should Republicans succeed in delaying their vote, he downplayed voter fraud and even mocked the fact that Trump-appointed judges rejected the election law- lawsuits. And this is what he said: He said the voters, the courts, and the states have all spoken. If we overrule them, it would damage our republic forever. If this election were overturned by mere allegations from the losing side, our democracy would enter a death spiral. And six hours later, lo and behold, guess what? Um, well, most Republican senators backed right. off the audit proposal. Okay. 
think it's worthy. I mean, if we had some decent investigative journalists anymore, they'd be all over this. I would think. You would think. You would think. Exactly. But that's why it's very odd that this is being talked about. It's brushed under the rug so easily, and, and I just don't understand it. Well, they're doing a good job keeping everybody in there, too, that was really involved. I know if they locked me up in there and I've been in there for over two years, I'd be pretty pissed off when I got out, you know? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, but that's just ridiculous. I mean, how are we allowing our fellow Americans to be kidnapped like this? How? I just don't understand. Why? How can we allow this to happen, man? For political you know, prisoners. I mean, uh, that's what they do to political prisoners, Joe. <laughs> Those people are political prisoners. That's all this is. They're an example to not defy the powers that be. But they're not. But they, what do you mean they're political prisoners? They're not. I don't understand what you mean by that. Because when they're released or they become no, they, released, they, they are. Not, they are de facto prisoner, prisoner, political prisoners. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I, I mean, I don't know. Last, look, Jacob Shansley thing proves it, man. I mean, you know. I mean, first of all, that they, they didn't turn over Brady evidence, which they required to do by law, which could have uh, affected Jacob Shansley's defense. Even if he's guilty, even if a man is guilty of a crime, if you've got evidence that tends to exculpate him, exculpatory evidence, then you are obligated to turn it over to the defense. You're not, you don't have a choice. That's what the Supreme Court said in Brady versus Maryland. That's why they call it Brady evidence. The stuff showing him outside of the Capitol with a megaphone, urging demonstrators to go home because President Trump asked them to go home, urging him to not vandalize anything, to respect the monuments in the Capitol, to respect the police, to cooperate and be peaceful. That is all stuff that tends to mitigate or exculpate his guilt. When you see him being escorted around the corridors of the Capitol building by the Capitol Police, that is evidence that tends to mitigate his guilt. When he's got a prayer going in the Senate chamber, praying for divine guidance and for the police and everything else, all actions of a peacemaker, that tends to mitigate or exculpate his guilt. They didn't give it to them. Sarge. Man, they ought to look, and here's the problem. Here's the problem for Jacob Chancellor. Here's the problem. The problem is, is that his lousy defense attorney, conned him into some kind of uh, plea agreement where he agreed not to challenge uh, the, the, uh, or appeal the plea bargain in any way. Now, that was part of the plea agreement, and he still got four years almost in the slam. Yeah. What kind of deal Sorry. is that? I don't know, but let me bring on uh, the uh, doctor here, Dr. Peter Paul Ventura here from his uh, church in the uh, state of Connecticut here. Go ahead, uh, Peter. Hey, uh, Joe. Good to get on here sarge good to hear you you're right you're absolutely right what you're saying you know the crisis was created it was to eliminate the challenges you know to stop the certification and and to stop the votes on it and that's that's the premise is and that's exactly what it was because you 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 have to uh, you know in order to prevent the motions you got to get rid of this it requires the speaker of the house the minority leaders and the president of congress okay uh, uh, to not be present in those chambers, right? Once they got them out of the chambers, then, well, what happens is Pelosi, she unilaterally, all right, emergency rules. That suspends the business of Congress. 
So once you get that going, there's no way to there's no way to unilaterally stop the uh, certification. You can't stop it unilaterally. The only way it can be stopped is under emergency rules, and that's what she did. She invoked emergency procedure. You see, only other circumstances, other than war, you know, uh, uh, or you know something large happening like that. Uh, so. Uh, the speaker initiated the new session under the special emergency rules, see, and those rules abandoned, and they made it clear that the only purpose of the new session was to expedite the certification and dismiss all prior regular session procedural rules. And that's why the two votes, the table of votes, to consider a debate, stop the certification, see, and the electors never happened. State vote electors never happened later that evening when the House goes back into business to reconvene, you see. And and so even some of the members were allowed to vote proxy. You know what I mean? But it wasn't yeah. a new session. I mean, but it is a new session technically because she puts it under emergency rules. So Vice President uh, you know, Pence, he, he had no ability, even if he wanted to pause the electoral uh, certification, even if he said, because there's no motions of disagreement on the matter on the floor. The only reason to convene is to certify. So, uh, you know, it was That's true. All right, so it's a coup. That's what happened. It was a coup. You know, and, and they want you to, you know, get stuck on Pelosi stolen computers and podium ice and, uh, you know, complicit Capitol Police and, 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 you know, don't worry about the FBI being out there and all that nonsense. That's what they want the focus to be on. And yet, here's the, here's the real deal. This is what's got, got me. This is my earth. This sits in my crawl. We've listened for years and years and years of hearings. Of hearings. The Benghazi hearings. So what, she said. The Benghazi hearings. Okay, yeah. we heard that. Then we went on to, you know, the Russian collusion. Then we went on, hey, listen. Now it's January 6th, and when we found out that all these things are a fraud, all these things were wrong, all we had was talk, talk, talk. So what? Now we know it. Now what happened? Nothing. What are you wasting American people's time? <laughs> not going to do anything yeah. about it anyway. So what are you wasting my time for? What, what was Congress yeah. wasting their time for? And, and, and Biden's budget is 3.9 for the military. He better kick that sucker up because we're about to get bounced around whether he likes it or not. They're creating a crisis which requires war to get us up out of it because war makes money. The industrial war machine is clicking in the background. <laughs> this kind of shit. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. any of you guys know how big the Russian uh, military's budget is for the whole Russian armed force? You know how big it is? No, I don't. How big is it? It's less than $70 billion a year. We gave Ukraine yeah, but... $108 billion just this year. Yeah. Well, what's China's budget? Because they're the ones we're going to yeah. eat. Well, yeah, but what's food. their dollars worth, though? What's their dollars worth, though? What's China's you money know, worth? China, what's the what's Russia's? If we don't wake up, China's going to be eating our lunch. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to come over here. They're not going to come over here and knock on your door and say, hey, we've we got to move in your house. You know, we own it. Well, I, you know, I, yeah, that's I, not going to happen. I, I, I'll tell you what I think. I think that uh, biblically I don't find the United States in the end times, but – uh, prophecy, but just the same, putting that aside, if you would, okay, if that's possible. Now, listen, we're at a continent. 
Nobody needs this continent. What do you mean nobody needs this content? What do you mean? We have lots of, you know how much, how much material we have over here? Oil? Oh, who, uh, yeah, they'll come and get it. They'll, they'll come and get it 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, Joe see. Biden will give it to him. He already gave most of our strategic control and reserve. <laughs> but they got to invade the country yeah. to get that for. All I got to do is ask old senile Joe. You, you can move the picture. I got him up for the show here, for the, for the banner. You know, nuke this continent and still survive. No, come on. Oh, no. yeah. Well, it I will not. Think, new... Here's what the end time happens. <clears throat> I think we end well, up. I, uh, no. when, I, I, I really think, think China up... wants hegemony over the whole South Southeast Asian part of the world. I think that, I think that's exactly. what they're really aiming. Yeah, and, and <laughs> exactly. from there where communism. So it ends up in your backyard no matter how you. But. Maybe they know. need the land, Peter. They need the land because they have to. You know, they're they're well, raising the their crops. Go to India. All right. So so check it out. Right. I agree. They need the land. They need space. Right. There's no question. I'm not agreeing. Now look how much farmland they've already bought in the country. They're already buying a lot of our farmland for crops. Uh, you know, once you do that, you get it all back. So yeah. Anyway. Well, we could nationalize it. I mean, you know, I mean, it it could be done. Well, although there's no will to do it, but I'm saying it could be done. And they could, hey, uh, you know, like I said, eminent domain, just compensation, give the Chinese their money back. I say it like this. Come get it like Jesse. You ain't got nothing coming. You're a bunch of cheaters. You poisoned the world. You know what? Come get it. Let's go. Let's play the games. Let's see. We'll, We'll like that harp tower up and zap them so many times they won't know what hit them. <laughs> maybe. Operation Blue Beam, forget about it. Maybe, unless they come in low. Man, I'm telling you, this this whole thing, man, I, I think after witnessing what we saw with that uh, uh, Twitter uh, house hearings just the other day, this, this, this last week, and the way they put Matt Taibbi and, and Mike Schellenberger under the grill by some of the most ignorant, abysmally damn foolish women I've ever seen in my life, ever. Uh-huh. I mean, it was just yeah. a spectacle that is just greatest nation in the history of mankind is just utterly unworthy of it. I mean, Cori Bush, this so-called congresswoman, and that's what I'm calling it, from the Virgin Islands, who can't even vote, calling Matt Taibbi and, and uh, Schellenberger with considered academic credentials so-called journalists. She's a so-called congresswoman. Is that the woman who's yeah. got the bodyguard that's the uh, uh, wizard? You know, the one, um, what's her name? It starts with an S. Slaskett? Plaskett? Salaskett? Something like that? I can't think. Oh, I, I just said her name at the beginning of the podcast, too. I forget who. Hey, what do you think of the caller's comment about the AI, Sarge? Your friend there. I forgot. I didn't catch his name when he called in there. Well, uh, AI is... AI is uh, the problem with AI is is that it doesn't have a soul. It doesn't ba- oh, yeah. AI still they can't make it so it's common sense. AI literally uh, embodies the uh, prejudices and attributes of its programmers. Uh, it, it is largely inflexible. It's great at doing things that require uh, step-by-step algorithmic calculations. It's unbeatable in that regard, but beyond that. It can't apply common sense, intelligence, ethics, morality, 
or even a soul to anything. Not yet. And when it does, let's say artificial intelligence does become sentient, then I guess you run into ethical problems because now you've got an actual being. So I don't know. And I don't trust well, it anyway. Not to I'm run, sure not to actually make it. critical decisions. It's the Clone Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, Clone I'm Wars. sure. Peter, I'm sure, Sarge, I'm sure they have already gotten to that point down there, somewhere in a mountain, where they have cloned something or they've done something that's, uh, you know, that's that's beyond our comprehension right now. And they've done it also with the help of the powers of demonic activity. Okay. Uh, look, the day they actually make artificial intelligence sentient, then you might be able to say that man has become a god. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Well, I don't think they'll ever uh, make it sentient, but I think it, 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 it's so, it, its intelligent level becomes so fast that it can make its own decisions based upon the original uh, programs that it was programmed with, you know, whether more out moral or not. You know, this thing's going to make decisions based. It's 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 incomprehensible. It'll make decisions based upon you know it's it's uh, uh, you know it's Spock logic. It, it can't it can't make it on human reasoning. It can't understand right. human reasoning. You know, no. Logic. You know, I was just watching a, a documentary on air disasters today, and they were and they, and they were explaining how they came to. Uh, understanding how a couple of fatal air crashes involving Airbuses occurred because it had this fly-by-wire technology, and it was programmed to avoid stalls. Like, you know, a stall is when an aircraft wings uh, cease to generate enough lift for it to stay in the air, and it falls out of the sky. Well, it has this this um, anti-stall programming built into it, that causes the note, like the nose, to go down if it senses it's not getting enough lift, or if a sensor indicates it's not getting enough lift, and then pick up airspeed that way, something like that. It's oversimplification. That's basically what it does. And in it, well, the, the pilot. Well, they were trying to do yeah. a test procedure for which the aircraft had not been programmed, being so close to the ground, and the pilot didn't realize he was as close to the ground as he was because apparently altimeter wasn't functioning right, and all of a sudden a great big forest of trees pops up in front of him, so he immediately goes to full power, pulls the side stick up because they don't have it. It's not connected via hydraulics or cables or anything else to the control services. The computer does it. All it does is take an input from the pilot, like we got your computer joystick, and it then sends electronic signals to servo motors that move the control services. And what happened was... The, the, the airplane is doing the same stuff it would do to prevent a stall. So even though he's trying to pull the nose up, the airplane's continually nosing back down. The elevators are making it nose back down to keep the airspeed up because it thinks it's going into a stall, and the plane crashed. Oh, really? And that's artificial uh, well, well, intelligence. Now, they, had to, they did correct it because they realized what had happened. But not, it happened in another accident, too, where they were doing yep. another test on the thing. And the plane went out of control and did, did the opposite of what the pilots are trying to get it to do, and it just bellied into the sea. It went to a flat spin and just bellied into the sea. 
right. Yep. Well, didn't they just have something in San Diego where they capsized two two boats? And they don't know uh, what happened? Well, I think that was human smuggling or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, oh okay. okay. Human smuggling But I don't think those – I think those were fairly old-fashioned controlled boats. I mean, you know, rudder, tiller, you know, rudders and, you know – uh, I don't think there's yeah, anything. But, I, it might have been just the ocean. The conditions of the ocean might have been too much, and the boat got swamped. Okay. You ever feel well, like, this guy wants to call. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Peter. Go ahead. You ever feel like you're just an ant in a box, and the rest of this stuff, you know, big stuff's going on around you. You just can't put your finger on it? <laughs> yeah. Day. Well, all the time these days. I don't know about you, but every day, every day I wake up and look at the news. Yeah, well, that's just it. I mean, what if we, what if we just turned off the news, let's just say, and, and became a zombie and just started worrying about entertainment, having a good time, you know, still living a good life, you know, just doing the right thing, you know? Oh, what we could just then? join the world, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what, okay. What, what now? We, we're going to listen to some more hearings and some more talk, and then uh, – you know, if if they if, if listen, I don't even know if we'll be around by 2024 the way we're going. <laughs> well, uh, that's what we, what we were well, saying. You know, I'm not so much as us not being around. I'm worried about this country not being around as a constitutional republic founded on the rule of objective law. That's what I'm concerned about. Well, yeah, well, you but say I, I think the name, the name United States will still be here, but that's what it'll be, just the name, name only. Well, you say, well, he says there's nothing here biblically involved here with the Bible. The, I mean, what, what, what say you on that, Peter? What do you mean by that? The, by, if the United States, how well, can I, the United I, States not even be mentioned at all in the Bible? It makes no sense. No, but I, I think, I think that maybe, maybe we pull out, uh, get our nose out. But the Chinese do, you know, they're going to get into what they're going to do. Russia, China, and uh, uh, Europe is going to, uh, Israel's going to supply technology to Europe. Europe's going to supply food to them. There's going to be that Russia, China, uh, uh, Muslim, uh, you know, alliance, oil, all that. And we're going to end up with, with, the, uh, uh, with the Americo, the Americo, Canada, North America, America. South America. And they're going to build one road from Canada right down into South America, and that's and that's what we're going to end up. We're going to end up over here, self-supporting. They're going to be over there. Well, it's quite we'll possible. Know. Quite possible. You know, the guy we'll wants to call into the show. Not the euro, not the euro, but the Americo. The <laughs> Amero. Yeah, Amero. Well, let's get, hey guys, are we good? Quick closing thoughts tonight here. Let's just call, give this guy a quick call here, real quick. He said he wants to call into a show. I guess he, maybe he's got a question for Sarge. I don't know, but uh, let's give him a let's give him a call. Just see what he has to say. He's been on here before, so give a quick call and then uh, we'll do our closing thoughts here to our podcast. Or we'll let's give him a call and see if we can get connected. Anyway, we should be able to. Blog Talk Radio. There are no shows scheduled within the next 24 hours. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. The guy, the guy's telling us to call into a show. He's not even on. <laughs> Maybe he meant tomorrow. We asked him, remember? Look, he, he typed it again, Sarge. The phone number for the show is uh, 516-418-5996. But he, he doesn't get he doesn't give us no time. I mean, he gives us the time even in the first message. Yeah, well, maybe he missed, uh, I don't know, but, you know. 
What's wrong with people? I mean, I well, he said regular just, scheduled time. Maybe it does mean Monday. Yeah, I guess. Who knows nowadays? Go ahead and do a show tomorrow so we can all call in tomorrow. <laughs> if it is, I think it is on tomorrow. Come think that. Everybody's in such a darn rush. Let's do a show tomorrow and we'll Go. call in from your show. Well, what did you think of my campaign message there real quick there, Sarge? Oh, I liked it. I thought okay. that you hit the bases and you and you got the essence of what you're trying to do, uh, anti-corruption okay. and the concerns of the people actually being expressed, rather than those of remote entities. There you go. There you go. Because, uh, you know, but the question, Sarge, is this. You've been around a long time. You know history. You know the Constitution. You know the government. As an NC lawmaker, this is my opinion, I think as being in my district, that's the best place to try to make a change first is in my district as a North Carolina legislator lawmaker because we have the power of nullification and, and a lot of powers of removing judges even. So do you think that that's the best best uh, uh, spot to start at? Uh, they, well, you know what they say, uh, Joe, all politics is local. And yeah. yes, uh, I, 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 it's absolutely vital to be involved in politics at the local level. Okay, all right. Well, I just want to make sure that I'm not. I'm not. You know, I always ask people, "What do you think?" You know, what the because I want to be able to get out there. Peter knows me. I want to make a change. I want to make a see a difference. I want to see something done. You know, I, I, I'm sick and tired of the gridlock and the bogging down of everything in the water. And by the time someone's agenda gets uh, noticed, uh, it's already forgotten about, <laughs> you know. I mean, so I, I just don't know what, what else to do. I mean, I, I just don't want to leave the country or the world knowing it's in this much bad shape for my kids. You know what I mean? Yep. Oh, I know what you mean. Uh, you know, uh uh, what 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 they did to our children during during the lockdown is is absolutely the worst you can possibly do. Yeah, all all the proof is coming in now. Something's got to change. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, the closing thoughts. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Peter. Wake up the woke. Yeah, well, I don't think we have time anymore for no, the waking up. We don't up need to get woke. We need to awaken. Yeah, the yeah. woke needs yeah. to get up. You know, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just well, I, I just don't. How come in every other country when the people get mad, they can they're out in the streets by the millions? You can't get too many people out here. Fat, you know dumb, why? and happy, maybe. You know why? Because they ain't had enough yet. Yeah. 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 They yeah. You're absolutely right. There's an old saying: some people don't smell crap until it hits them in the face. Well, think about it, though. <laughs> let's, let's, let's think about it historically. Uh, the American colonists were probably the most prosperous people in the empire, and if they weren't the most prosperous, they were among the most prosperous. And look at all the intolerable acts and other things they endured until they finally had had enough. Sometimes it does take a little while. Yeah, yeah. Well, my closing thoughts tonight, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play five minutes of an interview that we did there uh, with the uh, uh, North Carolina Health – I mean, excuse me, the California – Long Beach, California Health Department. 
And that was a very interesting interview we did. And Sarge, I think you missed that one, but uh, uh, but but just in case you guys have to run or you guys can't stick around for the five minutes or whatever. Uh, closing thoughts, Peter. Uh, you want to go first here? Anything you want to say here tonight? Uh, no, the only thing I can say is back to the Bible or back to the jungle. <laughs> back. <laughs> um, well, let's see here. I don't even know if I got. I don't know if I've got it still. Uh, this. Uh, this uh this interview with the uh I might I might have it. I may I might have it. Uh, uh Sarge, you got something here you want to say real quick? Yeah, speaking of the Bible, uh I I have come up with some really uh concerning information about the influence of women in the university, particularly since these women are animated by neo Marxism. And speaking of the Bible, I'm beginning to think there might have been a lot of truth I mean, well, let me not say that. I think there's certainly validation for Eve eating at the apple of knowledge and what happens when that happens. If that's well, controversial, Peter, let it be. Peter, you want to comment on that maybe? Well, I think, uh, you know, the uh, the Bible says when the lamb opens the book, there's silence in heaven, so there must not be any women there for an hour. <laughs> Oh, man, I'd say some of the information I've come up lately about what's going on in academia with all these women in these diversity, equity, and inclusion departments, I mean, it's unbelievable. Almost 70% of college administrators in the Ivy League are women, 70%. And they're almost all various species of socialists or Marxists. You know what the Bible says? The end time, it says, your children oppress you, and your women rule over you. Yeah. Sarge, yeah. What do you think about that one? <laughs> but then, look, we got women with their heads on straight. Look at Christy Noem. She just vetoed this attempt to get a central digital bank currency in the state of Montana. They were trying to push yeah. it through that you couldn't have Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency to compete with it, and she vetoed it. Yeah, now, that's a woman with her head on straight. Got to keep an eye on this this stuff real quick. Uh, this this uh, this uh, digital currency and uh, this bank collapse. But let me play a couple minutes of this. Uh, I hope you guys stick around and listen to this. This is pretty good actually. This interview we did. Uh, hopefully I can get it right. Right. I'll just play a couple minutes of it. But this is as crap as COVID is. It, and and I just don't foresee them letting this go. That every single time you think it's gone, here comes COVID again. You know. So let me play this. This is an interesting interview we did. Should be able to get it up here. Oh, we might not. I might not. I don't know. Let's see. I'll try. It's to uh, live radio. There we go. Referring to the did you get did you get vaccinated? Uh, no, I didn't. I got that. Actually, another state. I'm not in Long Beach, and I got that. Uh, audio. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not taking care of that. That's a good question. I have not had an encounter in out of state. QR code. Uh, let me ask a couple questions and I'll get back to you with that answer. Okay, hold on. Hold on for one. All right, all right, sure. It's bad audio, huh? You guys can barely hear it, huh? Right. Right now. Might not get the audio. Might not get the audio on it, guys. Hey, live internet. What do you want to expect? Oh, here we go. Hang on. See if we can get it going. Yeah, but here we just help ears. That we should have already. My wife is taking care of me. 
because she's the only one that can go out and get food. She's the only one that can, at this particular moment, uh, provide me for assistance of the means of me being isolated. But she comes in contact with me. Let's just say my wife is not vaccinated. If today is the last day my wife comes in contact with me, then today is the day that she gets tested. Gotcha. And you know, days from today. He just had Who died from what strain? 
if you're not telling the public who is diagnosed with it, but to be honest with you, the variant. I don't have credentials to know who, what variant, who has. So everything right. in my file that I have accessible to me, there is no indication that tells me who has what variant. So okay. when I call a patient and I tell her that they're positive, what you see in your platform, whether it's your email or your text, the way right. that you see your results is the same way I see my results. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, so I don't see anything different than what question. you see. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, well, you said when a patient comes in and they test positive, and like this gentleman says that, that he tested positive, what kind of tests do you use to actually test to confirm it? We do the, the PCR testing, the nasopharyngeal test. Uh, we do I was just not. Because you know the CDC has now on their website. They no longer use a PCR test because PCR is not a valid way to determine if the virus is present or not. You could actually find parts of the parts of the moon if you tested enough. Right, but we do run two different types of PCRs. There is a rapid antigen, and then there's the PCR test. The yeah, PCR test. With the rapid. Mm -hmm. So, but they're both can be PCRs. Oh, okay. It's just one's a rapid that? antigen. So do you think, just real quick, I, you've been very patient with me, and I appreciate the phone call here. Oh, yeah. I really do. Yeah. I mean, you're really, really, uh, uh, if you're being honest, uh, some people are not. Uh, but yeah, uh, right. do you think that we should, so you agree then we should all have this digital card. And you, what do you see in the future uh, right now? What's the projected results of this? Or like lockdown, staying in shelter, shelter in place? I mean, what's, I'm sure your department must be talking about it. What do you see? I know you can't make policy, but... Yeah, um, as, a, as a health department, we are trying to provide statistical futures to provide an ongoing life for everybody without jeopardizing more people's lives for endangerment. Gotcha. But yeah, precautious well, measures, yeah. yes, precautious measures are updated almost on daily basis, especially right now because all students are going back to school within the next week or already are enrolled in the next week. So we are expecting a high volume of calls of concerning parents, concerned teachers, uh, where we are trying to get every everybody on the same platform, even though... Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yes. And uh, sorry to interrupt here. Um, can you explain to me how it makes sense to get the COVID vaccine when you don't have any pre-existing health conditions and you're not 65 and up? Because the, the people that I've seen that have struggled with COVID the most and have lost their lives are elderly people, 65 and up, with pre-existing health conditions mm -hmm. or severely obese Americans yes. um, who have already in health problems long before yes. COVID. So why should somebody like me, who's had it twice, beaten it, get vaccinated when I have a perfect bill of health? Uh, because you could always jeopardize your family members of who you care for the most to go under circumstances where they do not need to be based on their health issues. Okay. So if, let's just say, you have a niece and right. you have COVID and you give your niece COVID, would you feel okay that your niece got COVID and ended up in the hospital with this new variant that's around? Well, it would be individual responsibility then. You know, it would be individual right. accountability responsibility. You know? It yeah, depends yeah, on yeah it's, it's an indiv 
it also depends on how old uh, the individual is who got it. Um, teenagers, a prime example, um, that are in good health, no pre-existing conditions, no history of respiratory problems. Um, why should they get it? You know, never mind, like you said, you know, well, how would you feel if somebody, if you went around a relative and you tested positive and you gave it mm -hmm. to them and mm -hmm. they had a pre-existing condition, everybody who's anybody knows what family member has what health problem and yep. knows, hey, you know, I'm not going to come around to jeopardize you um, until, you know, your health improves and whatever, because I just don't think it's right since last year to this year, you know, People weren't allowed to visit their loved ones in nursing homes. Uh, people mm -hmm. weren't allowed to bury their deceased family yep, members. Yeah, yep. um, it's been very troublesome right. for a lot of outcomes yeah. where you're. Pre um, uh, just so this is just, uh, I'm I'm going to speak on myself and my outcome. Um, I was okay. positive in January, and unfortunately, I gave it to my entire family, even my one and a half year old, uh, oh, wow. to a point where I was. Um, extremely scared, panicked. I right. called the hospital. I was willing to take my baby to the hospital, and they mentioned to me, "Well, you could bring her, but you can't. You can't be here. Like you're gonna have to go home." Right. And I was, I was yeah. put in a position. I was like, "What am I gonna do?" Like, I, I feel morally wrong leaving my daughter there, but I feel. So the government, right. I mean, someone from the government should have saved you, basically. I mean, the government, the government should have intervened, you know. Exactly. And, and we should have these, these carrying cards, these cards where they track everybody. And like you said, hey, look, you've got to give up your freedom cause for the health and safety of the public, you know. I mean, we have to. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what they – I mean, that's what you're – I mean, that's, if the health department, is that like their policy that they're trying to teach everybody now and, you know, make them believe this because for the benefit of the people? Well, I, I, the way I look at it is anybody in the health department, if I believe that we are working in a health department is because we care for people's health and their best of their life and their outcomes. So wow. if there are – I don't want to make this comparison, but, uh, yeah. you know, it sounds to me like – like, you know, I'm hearing some advocation of giving up individual rights and freedoms uh, for other people's sake. Uh, and, and I'm going to point out, you know, Joe, you know me. I don't often make this comparison, but this is a very slippery slope uh, because with checking these, uh, these little cards before you can go anywhere, go to work, go out to eat or something, yeah. sounds a lot like what the Nazis did to the Jews. Uh, yeah, yeah, we all know how that turned out. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Oh, we're we're going to put you yeah. on cattle cars. So that you don't yeah. infect other people, and, and we all know how that begins. Show me your papers. Well, why? But, well, yeah. COVID vaccinated, put your hands behind your back. You're being detained. But optimistically, would you consider that a worldwide effect if everybody's doing it for the right reason, not for the wrong intentions? If everybody's well, agree, if not everybody's going to agree, but I if there's would. a vast majority of people that do agree across the world, so that we can all care for each other a little bit better. Well, I don't see community. Community. Yeah. But, but wham, there's the health department right there admitting that they, <laughs> it was okay. It's okay to load people up on cattle cars. Benefit of the world. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> Can't believe it. And you, and, and that was I was I, I just couldn't believe my ears when I heard that when I replayed that back I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> what do you think about that, Sarge? You still there? Uh, sorry, yes, still I there am. Enough. 
Yeah. Well, what did you think of the health department openly saying Nazi Germany? If it was the whole, if, if it was for the benefit of the world, it's okay to load people up on cattle cars, huh? <laughs> that sounds like a modern day uh, uh, liberal. It really does. Uh, there's so many carbon emitters on the planet. We need to get rid of some of them. Wow. I know. That's I know. literally That's what they're all the saying these days. I mean, there's too many people. For one thing, they, they, I guess the milder of them say that, you know, all these carbon emitters need to stop reproducing so much. And absent that, we need to find a way to have fewer carbon emitters on the planet to save Mother Earth Gaia. Yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing. It's well, not surprising they anyway. say something like that. I'm not a bit surprised. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, you know, uh, hey, well, Tuesday night we'll be going back on here. We'll be discussing the remonstrance. So hopefully we're getting a lot of people here together to uh, start. Uh, we're investigating this, looking into this remonstrance. And they're saying that this is the only way we're going to be able to take our, our grievances directly to the government peacefully and lawfully. That's what this gentleman says, Sarge. You're, you, we're in on it. We're, you know, in this conversation we've been talk, talking about it the last couple of weeks. So, uh, hey. What do you think? Uh, uh, hopefully you'll join us there Tuesday, and hopefully we'll have a couple of these guests that we've been trying to get on here uh, also that have uh, that know all about this remonstrance stuff, you know. So hopefully uh, everything will, um, will work out well for that uh, show here. What should I play at the end here, Sarge? You know, I've I got to get some new intros here and new stuff to play. So uh, what do you usually like? Uh, Let's see. Well, what, 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 I played that stuff earlier. That was pretty good, right? Everybody liked that, right, that, that, that the one there with Bannon? Oh, I came in just just a a few moments after the start, so I didn't hear it. All right. Well, we'll play Joe Bannon. So I'll have to, uh, you know, when the show is off, I'll just have to replay it and catch it from the very beginning. Nah, I'll play it for you right now. How's that? Here we go. Okay, give it a shot. Or there's a crisis coming, but that's not the case. There's no longer a gathering storm. The storm is here. What you have now is you have two converging crises, a crisis of capital markets and economics, and a crisis of geopolitical and military. Look what happened since Trump left office. Ayatollah's going to Beijing, having a military ceremony, going to bring Xi to, to Tehran. You've got the merger of the KGB and the CCP. You've got Erdogan. You have our great allies in Saudi Arabia transferring oil to Chinese currency away from the U.S. dollar. You have a convergence on the... Oh, that's about it. There, cut us off. All right, everybody, I would say, uh, hey, we'll join us again. Uh, you have to go back and listen to it in the beginning. Sorry, sorry about that. All right, hey, God bless the Republic. Well, Take it care, sounded buddy. promising. Yeah. I did that much. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a good one. It was a good one. But all right, sorry, guys. I know a couple getting a couple messages right now. Ah, right. Hey, go back and listen to it in the beginning. Sorry. I shouldn't be playing it twice anyway. Hey, everybody, good night. God bless the Republic. Be safe out there. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. 
It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.